Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Good afternoon. It's the 28th of October. It's a Wednesday afternoon. So good to be here with you and you, of course, Scuddy. How's the day? It's been uh, an interesting one. Uh, hump day is always uh, an interesting day, but I uh, know this one is a pretty resilient performance in the local market, all things considered, particularly given uh, the, uh, the pretty you know, dire information coming out of the uh, North America and Europe when it comes to coronavirus. But yeah, uh, a good day nonetheless. We'll take it. Hey, it was a cautious mood that was set overnight, but uh, the ASX looking pretty solid through the afternoon trade in particular. Afterpay, CSL, Woolworths, um, you know, really doing their part for the market overall. And if you take a look at some of the sectors, I mean, really instructive that we've got all of the big banks down. Macquarie, though, is a standout to me, down by about 3%. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. I, I was commenting a couple of times in air today about how the sector performance harks back to what we saw during peak pandemic period here in Australia. And we're talking about you know, May, June, when it was tech, healthcare, supermarkets leading the charge higher and the cyclicals really getting beaten up. And uh, despite, uh, you know, we've got some pretty good outcomes here when it comes to the health side of things, uh, we seem to be following the lead set from abroad. Just a reminder, we did get aftermarket close yesterday, an update from ANZ on its second half earnings. It's expecting an after-tax charge of $528 million to its cash profits. Write-downs including remediation charges, software amortization, and goodwill, and ANZ's uh, earnings are released tomorrow. We'll be speaking with the CEO, Shane Elliott, uh, at about 3.20. Hope you can join us for that, and we'll post it, obviously, as video on demand on our website and our app. But yeah, ANZ is the underperformer of the big four banks today. Really interesting to see Woolworths up, um, really in line with Kohl's. Kohl's had a very strong uh, quarterly update put out today. Uh, we spoke with John Milroy, um, actually early in the piece today, I guess it was, mm. 11 o'clock, and he was just saying, look, you know, these trends that we've seen, the eat from home, uh, you know, lots of people saying that once we're allowed out and about, as they are in Victoria now, yay, um, that we'd start to see a wind back of that but, you know, John was saying, look, perhaps we've actually, you know, your habits can change. Once you've been cooking at home uh, more often for quite some time, maybe that just, uh, that sort of thematic sticks around. Maybe. Uh, I'm not sure, though, particularly around my area, if you go to uh, look around the restaurants, they're jam-packed, as much as they can be when it comes to social distancing, uh, as we still have in place. But uh, it is one of those interesting ones. I'm not sure about the, uh, the stuff, but you do think a lot of people are still working from home as well. So maybe that's going and feeding into that, uh, no, that eating and down cooking at home theme as well. So do you eat out a lot? Uh, yeah, quite, a, quite yeah. probably, probably, uh, probably once or twice a week. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, interesting to see Marley Spoon staging a bit of a comeback today, up by about six percent after a really disappointing um, previously when it, I guess, announced details of its cap raising and a bit of a trading update. So uh, yeah, that's that's the markets pretty much. I mean, we can always talk all day about company specifics, but I think we'll turn to that inflation read, Scotty, um, really coming in line with consensus and in line 
at the annual rate. Was there anything in it that we sort of need to take away? I mean, it seemed to follow script to me, daycare, childcare costs and petrol, um, yeah, showing a, a bit of a rebound, but no, nothing really to move markets. No, it's, uh, I was, it was quite a, a non-event, and I suspect it would be so ahead, but uh, there's always the risk that you might see an outlier outcome, but uh, absolutely not. It was basically a lot of the reversal of those one-off items that occurred in the, uh, the June quarter, uh, reversed back in the September quarter. The underlying uh, no theme of inflation, and that's uh, represented in the, uh, the trim mean inflation, which the IBA pays far more attention to when it comes to uh, underlying inflation measures, uh, still extremely weak at 1.2% uh, year on year. Uh, I suspect that uh, the inflation readings here in Australia and around the world, uh, for that matter, are going to be playing second fiddle to other aspects, particularly the labour market, uh, until we start seeing some kind of divergence when it comes to inflation expectations. The central banks watch those measures like a hawk. Uh, if uh, you know, start seeing deflationary pressures building in, or indeed inflation uh, suddenly going to get priced in by markets and, uh, and others alike, then there'll be time to go and pay attention to those inflation readings. Well, still, uh, you know, headline inflation rebounds, underlying measures still very weak, I think is just the very basic takeaway. Absolutely. Um, when it comes to, I think it's worthwhile to just touch base on your view that's expressed in the COB newsletter today. It's about all of those headlines in terms of technical recession. We spoke with Bezadetta, chief economist at St. George, in the wake of that inflation read and asked her about her take on the debate about, you know, whether it's, it's worthwhile nowadays to go by that rule here in Australia that you're in recession if you have two quarters of negative growth in a row, but once you get a positive growth quarter, that's it, recession over. Bessa went into bat for the uh, traditional uh, metric of measurement. Uh, I think it's a rubbish measure, to be honest. So it's uh, it, The date-based approach, particularly around those quarter ends, really lends itself to being troublesome. They just, I, I put the hypothetical scenario. What happens if we uh, now went into lockdown at the start of the June quarter rather than the end of the, uh, the March quarter? Uh, that would have meant we had one really abrupt slide in the June quarter and then come out of uh, no, rebounding in the September quarter. Does that mean that Australia wouldn't have had a recession because we just had one quarter of negative growth? Uh, to me, that's, uh, that says it all. There's probably better approaches to go look at. I like the, uh, to look at what's going on with labour market outcomes, in particular unemployment. Uh, a certain threshold, once it's increased, is defined as a recession. And then only when you see unemployment peak and start to come down should it be declared as an end. Okay. Well, interesting. But yeah, just bring up Bez's name again. I mean, she said technically, if you're going by technicals, then if we see that September quarter growth uh, of growth, then, then yeah, Australia is not in a recession. But she did say in a prolonged economic recovery or slow economic recovery. So there's many other ways. Some of it is really semantics. And the newspaper headline writers just love it to one way or the other, right? <laughs> yeah, so I was, I was shocked because having now just saw the actual quote that was used, no, talking about no, probably uh, no, saw a growth return in September quarter, uh, not as big a drag in Victoria and uh, a little bit of better outcomes elsewhere. And all of a sudden, RBA declares recession over and everything. I was <laughs> yeah. just like, oh my goodness. Uh, I can imagine a guy to Bell, <laughs> he'd be sitting there pulling his hair up. But uh, that is the, uh, that's the... Uh, well, that's they get, they the life the, of a central banker, they get paid, isn't it? They get paid the big bucks yeah. to go and make those calls. So uh, take the good with the bad. And the headline writers are doing their jobs and it's up to, yeah, the rest of us to make sense of it. And I think also as well, I mean, especially in these dark days in many respects, 
Um, you know, a little bit of optimism. You know that Australians are optimistic when you take a look at you know some of the consumer confidence reads that have been coming later. And you know, you never know how much of that can be a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy as well. Psychology and behavioural psychology is really important Absolutely. at these times. There's actually an optimism account as well that occasionally follows me. When I write about optimism and he looks up the keyword, and then the optimism will go and tweet me and remind me to be optimistic. <laughs> well. They know you well then. Absolutely. <laughs> cheaper. cheaper. Sometimes study. I think I, I play foil to your pessimism sometimes just because. But balance. Um, anyways, we love you, Scotty. Um, I think let's get to, well, so this is the thing. There's not really a stock of the day, was there? We did a double-barreled edition of the call because, sorry guys, we missed it yesterday. Not No fault of our own. So we did a whole hour of the usual stock specifics, but then we did a bit of an ETF special. And we went to school as well. Let's take a listen to what Adam Dawes uh, had to say about the ETF world and how it stacks up right now. We'll start with him. So there's a couple of ways in, and, and certainly looking at clients' portfolios, we look at strategic asset allocation. And with that strategic asset allocation, many, many years ago, we were only able to do the Australian equity component of it. But now with the ETFs and moving through into those ETFs, we're now able to use that asset allocation for international, for property, for fixed income, domestic as well as global and cash. So now I'm able then to put a, an entire portfolio together for a client. Instead of just looking at 30% potentially of their Aussie equity component, I can now look at 95 to 100% of a client's portfolio and I can use ETFs as a way to get access to right. international stocks and all these other So do components. they invest in specific stocks? The ETFs? Yeah. Yes, right. yes they do. So, we're, and, and to Andrew's point, uh, a passive ETF is an index. So the ASX 200. It'll invest the same proportion in its Correct. ETF Yes. Of those 200 stocks, of those 200 at the, stocks. The benchmark. Yeah. And then the active ones will put a, an overlay over the top of that, either where technology or um, no banks or a right. world ETF, but no US. Right. So they'll have an active bent. So if you look at the top 200 and just say, I don't know which one to buy, I just want to do what the market does, something like STW, or there's now others like IOZ, or BetaShares have a somewhat similar product with A200 that's your go-to. But for a number of people in the Ausbiz community, they're going, well, that's all well and good, but I also want something that's got a bit of zing about it. You know, what's a thematic? What's a what's a mega trend, if I can use that term? You know, like I think robotics is a thing, or I think cybersecurity is a thing, yeah. or I, whatever it yeah. is. And so you can use those in your portfolio too. And that was Andrew Whiteland from DP Advisory, uh, you know, weighing in on ETFs. And don't forget, we will put those makeup sessions of the call online. I know that we had a lot of viewers asking about them. Really great to know that you love the content coming out of the call. So ETFs will be online tonight, as well as the usual 10 stocks in detail and an update on the portfolio as well. Um, listen, tonight we get U.S. earnings out, but I think the big day, Scuddy, will be Thursday when we get a lot of those tech behemoths opening their books yeah, for the quarterly results. That's going to be a massive day. Like you talk about uh, market capitalization. The mind boggles as to how much you know, these potential uh, movements could be in these companies and changing the billions of dollars and the like. So really looking out for those tech names. It will be you know, a big determinant. Thrown in the mix, obviously, the uncertainty of the election, which is now only less than a week away here in Australia. 
Uh, it's going to be uh, no pretty manic session once this backs. The US, yeah. Well, I'm booking in guests for that. We're going to have bumper coverage here on Ausbiz because all the action, of course, happens really through the Asian trading session. And the Australian market is one of the first in the world to get to react to how, you know, the machinations and how everything's panning out through that uh, key day in the US and really for the world as well. If you'd like to listen to a few great interviews, you can do so via the show notes. I will say that we spoke to Megado Mine. A CEO debuted yesterday, went gangbusters yesterday, put on some more positive um, motion today, up around 4% uh, last I checked. So that is a microcap gold miner. Um, we've also spoken with Simon Mohini from Alan Gray, and he talks to us about where he sees opportunity, perhaps even in the energy space. So that one's up online. And uh, yeah, plenty more accessible via the website or the app. So listen, uh, no real massive economic news here in Australia tomorrow, Scotty, but there is just so much to digest and will be through the overnight session. And of course, with the US election, as you mentioned, looming large. Yes, it's a lot to go and uh, keep an eye on this evening. And uh, just before we go and round off as well, I just want to go, good luck. You're in an awards ceremony tonight. And yeah. hopefully I know you do, uh, do very well. Well, thank you. We'll, uh, we'll keep you updated, Scotty. No doubt um, there'll be cause for celebration if in fact we do win. But just a reminder, ANZ out tomorrow, speaking with Shane Elliott. CEO, looking forward to that one. We've also got the Meyer AGM and the South 32 AGM. We'll get it all covered for you. See you Thursday. Looking forward to it. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.